earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Well, hello, friends, and thanks for joining me once again in this new year, 2020. Whether you're in your car or on one of your mobile devices or possibly catching the podcast, There's a question that I asked myself some time ago, and I'd like to ask this same question to you. Would you say our contemporary culture is an idolatrous culture or a worshiping culture? In other words, which of these choices would you opt for? I find it very interesting, friends, that we humans have not been content with the four seasons our Creator has given us. We just have to add our own, you know, baseball season, football season, basketball season, hockey season, soccer season, etc., etc. If I've missed your favorite, you can just add it in. But let's take a moment and consider something. During any one of these man-made seasons, we'll participate with hundreds, possibly thousands of other frenzied fans in a ceremony where people dress in strange outfits and act out a drama of conquest. Others may choose to remain in the comfort of their home, yet join in by way of a glowing shrine set up in their living room or family room, even a man cave or she shed. Now, I'm guessing that fans of these various sporting events probably are not thinking that their behavior could be described as worship. Also, just consider the way hundreds of teens or young people scream and prostrate themselves at the stage where their favorite rock stars are performing. You see, friends, I truly believe that God created us to be worshiping creatures. Now, am I going to tell you that attending a sporting event or concert that you enjoy is wrong? Of course not. The issue here, friends, is allegiance. And the absolutely key question we all need to ask ourselves is this. Just where is our true allegiance? And secondarily, how is it demonstrated? It might even be sobering to ask, what message are we sending to others? I've noticed, and perhaps you have too, that we don't consider it unusual at all to burst into spontaneous applause or cheers when someone important enters a room, maybe a Hollywood or sports celebrity. This is a totally natural response to the presence of a person of power or position or a person who has achieved great things or overcome great obstacles. I think of Johnny Erickson Tata for one. Perhaps key questions we should be asking ourselves are these. 
Do we respond the same way when we enter the presence of God through worship? Is our natural response one of praise and adoration? Do we realize that God, the creator and sustainer of the universe and provider of our salvation, is absolutely worthy of our highest praise and unreserved allegiance? Well, friends, all these questions are questions that I personally investigated for myself. I asked them in an attempt to dissect the concept of praise. I put on my Inspector Clouseau outfit, grabbed my spiritual magnifying glass, and asked God to take me on a journey through the scriptures and help me get a handle on this concept. The operative question that I initially asked myself that fueled my journey was, Just what does God mean by praise? Curiously, I was led to begin at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Another way this can be worded is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Friends, both words, praise and bless, are used abundantly throughout our Old and New Testaments, and this particular form of the word is used only seven other times in our New Testament. The Amplified Bible translation, which seeks to help bring out the shades of meaning behind many biblical words, expands this word with the English synonyms praise, laudation, and eulogy. Laudation is a pretty cool word. It means highest praise or glory to. Friends, did you catch that word eulogy? Are you wondering maybe why on earth would eulogy be tied to praise? Is this an oxymoron or something? Well, actually, friends, our English word eulogy brings out the truer meaning of this word used here. Believe it or not, the Apostle Paul handpicked this word, which in the Greek language is eulogitos, which just so happens to be the word from where we get our English term eulogy. So the question I asked myself, and you're probably asking yourself right now, is why would Paul use this word to describe what God deserves from us? Well, This particular form of the word used here adds the understanding that one, the one being eulogized, is inherently worthy of praise. During this investigative journey, I was mystified at this point. I kept thinking of a funeral service. I'll bet you were too. And that's because we most often associate this word eulogy with a funeral. And you know what, friends? We'd be right in doing so. The difference, however, is that the Apostle Paul was not visualizing a funeral. This imagery is the wrong imagery for us to be thinking about. 
A funeral should not be the only event we associate this word with, even though it's a great word to describe what takes place during a funeral service. This is because the real meaning of our word eulogy is to speak well of, to say good things about, to praise someone who has passed away. It was enlightening to discover that Paul was actually saying in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, that we eulogize God. We speak well of God. We say good things about God. We praise or bless God. Pretty cool, huh? I think back to a time in our lives when my wife and I were living back east and we used to occasionally take care of my sister-in-law's two kids on the weekends. One Saturday, we took them to a nearby carnival. My nephew was about seven or eight at the time. He was sitting in the front seat with me and our younger niece was sitting in the back seat with my wife. Well, my nephew was quiet for a bit and then all of a sudden he just said, Hallelujah. Then he turned to me and said, Uncle Tom, what does hallelujah mean? So here I am, at the time a theology student, and thought, how do I explain biblical Hebrew to a seven-year-old? So I just answered, it means praise God. I figured that was simple enough. He then asked, Uncle Tom, what does praise mean? I then said, to speak well of God, to say good things about him. He snapped right back with, Uncle Tom, I never say bad things about God or Jesus. Well, friends, during the course of my investigation into the praise phenomenon, another question popped into my mind. What is a hallelujah person? Then I thought, am I a hallelujah person? So this is the question I'd like to ask all of us as well. Are you a hallelujah person? Well, for me, the answer unfolded in the form of five truths that I discovered as I searched the scriptures. Now, I'm not suggesting by any means that this is the extent of the subject or that my treatment of it is the final word. But here are the five truths I personally discovered. First, praise is a command. Second, praise is expressed with both our inner and outer being. Third, praise is both personal, by that I mean individual, and corporate. Fourth, praise is irrespective of moods. Oh, man, this is a tough one. And lastly, fifth, praise is due the Lord. Friends, did you know that hallelujah is actually a command? This is the first truth I uncovered. Hallelujah is a combination of two words, hallelujah and Yah, spelled Y-A-H. Yah is the Hebrew poetic short form for God's covenant name with Israel. Hallelujah means to boast, to praise, to bless, and interestingly enough, to act insane. I didn't know that this word carries with it the idea of mental madness. Now you understand why some of your family members and friends think you're crazy as a Christian. Have you ever been told that you're insane? You know, you're taking this religious thing too far. You know, you're taking this God thing way too seriously. Well, hopefully it's because you're a hallelujah person. 
As a hallelujah person, we demonstrate the meaning behind this word with our thanks, our glorifying God, our blessing God, our praising God. As hallelujah people, not only do we speak well of God with our lips, but we do so with our life. As challenging as it sounds, our life is to be lived as a life of praise. I realize that with our lips and our life, we give God his reputation. Well, the second truth I discovered is praise is expressed with both our inner and outer being. Just listen to a few passages. Our inner being, Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Luke chapter 1, 46. Mary sings out, my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 speak about singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then our outer being. Psalm 63 says we use our hands, our mouth, and our lips. In Acts chapter 3, you know, this this is the story of Peter healing the lame beggar. He jumps up and he's walking, leaping, and praising God. And then Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. So, friends, you see that our whole being is involved in the activity of praising or blessing God. The third truth I discovered is praise is both personal, that is, individual, and corporate. Probably the most deeply personal psalm for David was his psalm of confession, Psalm 51. Yet in the midst of his confession, he says in verse 15, O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. Have you ever discovered that praise has this uncanny ability to make us see how awesome God is and how much we fall short of his glory? Confession also has this uncanny ability to make us realize that in spite of our shortcomings, our awesome God loves us and is worthy of our praise. Individually, each one of us can praise God. We don't have to wait for Sunday. And haven't we all experienced the power of corporate worship, either Sundays or whenever the body of Christ gathers? Psalm 35, 18 declares, I will give you thanks in the congregation. I will praise you among the mighty throng. So notice that praise is both personal and corporate. Friends, the fourth truth I discovered is praise is irrespective of our moods. Man, this was a hard realization. We may often quote James 5.13, Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing praises. But what about the despairing? Are they to sing praises too? Let's take a comfort in these words in Psalm 42. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall still praise him for his help 
and his presence. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Mount Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep. Then the psalm goes on. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. In my opinion, this is one of the best ancient Near Eastern descriptions of depression. Friends, this is by no means meant to sound like a pat answer. This psalm is meant to bring freedom out of bondage. This psalm declares that even the despairing have a song in the night. Amen? Amen. Friends, we live in such a feeling-oriented society, and sensory perception seems to dominate us, even in the church. I bet anything that we sometimes feel like hypocrites when we're expected to praise and worship God, yet we're not in the mood or we're not feeling like it, right? Been there? Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that we really need to be liberated from this mindset. Recall Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. They were in real pain, yet they were singing all night. They were hallelujah people. They seem to understand that hallelujah is both a victorious word and a challenging word. And here's where the challenge lies. Praise challenges us to relate to God in a way that is not bound by the human realm and the fluctuation of our human feelings and emotions. Please do not, however, misunderstand me to be saying that praise usurps our feelings and emotions or sweeps them under the rug. No, no, no. On the contrary, our emotional or psychological state at any given time may just be our point of contact with God, where we meet him and he meets us. A hallelujah person is a real person, a transparent person. We don't paint a false picture of Christianity to others. We don't live in a plastic bubble immune from the pains and discomforts of life in the real world. But in the very midst of our life's challenges and troubles, we can recall that we have a God who became a man of sorrows and was acquainted with grief. And Psalm 150 is a great prescription we can all take from time to time. There we read, Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Finally, the fifth and last truth I discovered is praise is due the Lord. I came to the stark realization that we don't praise God because of how we feel at any given time. We praise God because of who he is and what he has done for us. And he is deserving and worthy of praise. So, friends, we actually end this journey where we began. Because if praise is due the Lord, then God can command that we praise him because of who he is. And who he is does not change with how we feel 
at any given moment in time. Amen. Psalm 96 calls out to us, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. This, friends, quite possibly may be the very psalm that the writer of Hebrews had in mind when he wrote in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16, through him, Christ, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name and do not neglect doing good and sharing for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Friends, one popular Christian worship song sums it up well with this line, Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be the Lord. You know that song. So let me just review with you the five truths I discovered for myself. First, praise is a command. Second, Praise is expressed with both our inner and outer being. Third, praise is both personal, and by that I mean individual, and it's corporate. Fourth, praise is irrespective of our moods. Amen to that. And finally, fifth, praise is due the Lord. Friends, it is my hope that these wonderful scriptural truths sink deep into your own soul and flourish in your life as you bless and praise the Lord with your lips and your life. Friends, we're nearing the close of today's program, and I just want to remind you that as a local pastor here in the Valley, although I'm semi-retired, I'm active in overseeing a group of disciple-making communities that meet at various coffee shops, and I want you to know that it would be my honor to pray for you. Perhaps this new year is unfolding in ways you hadn't planned or expected. Perhaps you could use some additional prayer support. Today's broadcast will close with an email address where I can be contacted, so please, please listen for it. This email address is also where you may contact me to learn how you can financially help this listener-supported program. Friends, thanks so much for listening today, and always remember that Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom. Friends, If you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at awordfromtheword at minister.com. That's awordfromtheword at minister.com.